Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. Appreciate you listening every week at this same time to Bible Crossfire. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about serving Jesus from John 12, 26. And when we left off last week, we were noticing that serving Jesus means, among other things, that we need to serve one another. Galatians 5.13 reads, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. You can't serve Jesus without serving one another. Another thing that's involved in serving Jesus is quit serving sin. To serve Jesus, we must quit serving sin. We can't serve sin and Jesus at the same time. Romans 6.6 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So we should not serve sin. If we're going to serve Jesus, we won't serve sin. Now let's get back to one of the original questions we asked when we started talking about this subject of serving Jesus. Can we be saved without serving Jesus? And the answer is no. In John 12, 26, we read... If any man serve me, where I am, there shall also my servant be. And we know from John 14, 2 and 3, that's talking about heaven. The only way we're going to go to heaven is if we serve Jesus. Again, a lot of preachers will say, to be saved, all you got to do is believe in Jesus. All you have to do to be saved is accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. But no, you not only have to believe in Jesus, you have to serve Jesus. And there's a big difference in just believing in Jesus and serving Jesus. I mean, I believe the Queen of England exists. But I don't serve the Queen of England. <laughs> you see the difference? So a person may believe that Jesus exists, the King Jesus exists, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's serving the King Jesus. And John 12, 26 shows that it's required to serve Jesus, to be saved. So both belief and obedience are required. That's what we're saying. Both belief and obedience. Don't we see that from a simple passage like Mark 16, 16, where Jesus said, he that believeth, and is baptized shall be saved. You see how you have to do more than just believe to be saved? You've got to be baptized. You've got to serve. You've got to obey. As the famous hymn says, trust and obey. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. If you have a Bible question or comment, call us right now. The lines are wide open. The number to call is 877-655-6755. You know, I run into a lot of people that try to excuse their sin by saying, well, everybody sins. So we're teaching about what God's word says, and this is a sin. We shouldn't do this. And people say, well, everybody sins. That's true. But what they mean by that is, well, everybody sins. Therefore, it's okay to, for me to sin. I don't think they're taking sin seriously enough. Just because it's okay, just because everybody sins, that doesn't mean it's okay for us to sin. We need to take it serious. Here's a couple of passages that help us see that sin, the consequences of it, are very serious. Isaiah 59, verse 2, talking about the Israelites, it says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. So don't say, well, everybody sins, therefore it's okay for me to sin. If you sin, that separates you from God. It breaks your relationship with God. If you're a Christian, you have a relationship with God. When you sin... That breaks that relationship with God. That's pretty serious. You should do everything within your power not to sin, to emulate Christ. Because when you sin, you break that relationship with God. You separate 
yourself from God. That's how serious it is. Romans 6.23 says the same thing, just in different words. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I think there's a contrast going on here between wages and gift. You know, when you work at a job and you get paid, that's not a gift. That's wages. You earn that. A gift is when somebody gives you some money, like maybe your grandmother gave you a gift of money when you were a little child, when you were a little kid, a birthday present. The wages, what you deserve for sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. You can't earn that. That's a gift. But what we deserve for our sin is death, spiritual death, which is separation from God, what we've just been talking about. Don't say, well, everybody sins, therefore it's okay. No, when you sin, the wages of sin is spiritual death. I've heard many Say something like this. Well, it doesn't matter so much if you obey God. All that matters is if you love Jesus. I remember been over 35 years ago, I was working. And during lunch break, two or three of us guys were sitting together. And a guy told a dirty or an off-color joke. And I called his aunt on it and said, a Christian shouldn't tell a joke like that. He says, well, God knows that I love him. Jesus knows that I love him. It's like he was saying, since God knows that that I love him, then it's okay for me not to obey him. That doesn't really make any sense in the in the context of Jesus God's word. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, I can show my wife, Carol, that I love her by kissing her. But I can't do that with God. He's not here. The way I demonstrate to God that I love him is by keeping his commandments. So it doesn't make any sense to say, well, God knows that I love him. Therefore, it's okay for me to sin. Therefore, it's okay for me not to keep his commandments. No, the very way that you demonstrate to God that you love him is by keeping his commandments. And if you're not keeping his commandments, that shows your love for God is deficient. You know, the sister passage to that is John 15, 14. Jesus said, ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Big little word if in the Bible. That implies that if we don't do what Jesus commands, we're not a friend of Jesus. And you can't be saved if you're not a friend of Jesus. Obedience is important. It's not enough just to believe in Jesus to be saved. You also have to serve him. John 12, 26 proves that. Now, I know there's a lot of people listening tonight, a lot of preachers that will tell you otherwise. That's that's because they don't want to teach that you have to serve Jesus to be saved because that implies some responsibility. They want the truth to be all you got to do is believe. So they can believe in Christ, keep on living like they want to, and still be saved. That's the very antithesis of the truth. That's just wishful thinking. Not only do you have to believe in Jesus to be saved, You have to follow through on that belief. A lady I study with puts it this way. You have to put leather on you. You have to wear out the leather on your your sandals. You, You have to follow through and serve Jesus. It's not enough just to believe in him. If you have a Bible question or comment, the lines are wide open. The number to call is 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755 if you have a Bible question or comment. I'll run into a lot of people that think, evidently, that God is going to forgive them of their sins even if they don't repent. They think of the grace of God as kind of like a windshield wiper. It doesn't really matter. They can sin all they want to. Don't need to repent. They can be in an unscriptural marriage, continue to commit adultery with that second wife. God is just going to forgive that sin even though they don't repent. But Jesus said in Luke 13, 3, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And so when we look at all the way throughout the Bible, 
Forgiveness is always contingent upon repentance. When you become a Christian, you have to repent to be forgiven. Peter told believers in Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. So yes, when you get baptized, you get the remission of sins based upon the blood of Christ. But before that baptism, you have to repent. As a Christian, you sin as a Christian. You don't have to go back and be rebaptized, but you have to confess. You have to repent. 1 John 1, 9 is written to Christians. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Repentance is always necessary in order to receive forgiveness for sins. Yet some people live as if they think that God's going to forgive them. Even if they don't repent, they're dead wrong. The Bible teaches the exact opposite of that clearly and over and over and over again. You know, we're not under the Old Testament law anymore. We're under the New Testament law. But I thought at this point in the lesson, we would go back to the Old Testament and show how that the Israelites were taught to serve God. But we'll first take a call. Mike from Nevada. Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hey, um, I'm um, confused about church and all. I mean, I was I, I was a Roman Catholic at one point. I'm LDS. I can't seem to cut the mess with both. So I'm very, you know, it's hard to be a Christian and, and it's hard to be an LDS, hard to be a Catholic. I'm, I'm, I mess up at all of it. Um, I try to read the Bible and I, I get I get it, but then I, I'm also confused. I'm confused about church and stuff. You know, some say I can be baptized, some say I can do this. You know. Mike, instead of being a member of some church like the Catholic Church or some church like the uh, Latter-day Saints, the Mormon Church, why not just be a Christian? Why not just be a member of the church to read about in the Bible? That would be a pretty simple answer to your dilemma, wouldn't it? Well, I, I was raised... Uh, uh, Protestant, like Baptist, he's a good Baptist, Methodist growing up, but I had, I was able to read the Bible, but for some reason along the way, I feel like I lost that connection. Mike, how about, this is going to take more than just uh, a 30 minute program here live, how about if I call you after oh. the program, we set up something where we can study the Bible together and talk about it and try to see if we can't get rid of a little bit of your confusion. How about that, Mike? All right, sure, if it's, you know, Okay. I'll call you later. Look out for a call from a 256 area code, okay? All right. Thank you for your call. Thanks for your call, Mike. Thanks for me calling. Thanks for the question. Rhea from Washington, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Oh, I was just um, wanting to say that I've been listening to you since last year, and uh, I think you're doing a great job. I like how you explain things and, you know, you break it down, so that helps me understand what the Bible is saying a lot better. And I just want to let Rhea, we appreciate that out. encouragement. We appreciate that yeah. encouragement. Uh, are, what, where are you from in Washington? Are you from one of, uh, one of the big cities, Seattle, Spokane? Where are you from? No, I'm from Waterville. It's, it's kind of by there. It's like three hours from Seattle. Uh-huh. And I, I live in North Alabama, near Huntsville, Alabama. Appreciate your call and appreciate your encouragement, okay? All right. Thank you. Have a good – do you have any question you'd like to ask while you got me on the line? Um, no, I just, I think you're doing a great, a good job just explaining things. So yeah, you just helped me understand things a lot better. And I've been listening okay. since last year. I listen to you every day or I mean, you know, on every weekend or whatever. But I appreciate, I appreciate your it. encouragement and, and keep on listening. Okay, Rhea? Oh, definitely. Thank you. Okay. All right. You're mm-hmm. welcome. Bye-bye. If you have a Bible question or comment, the number to call is 877-655-6755, 877-655-6755. In the Old Testament, the Israelites were taught to serve God just like we're taught to serve God. Here's how a few of those passages put it in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 10, 12 
says, And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. What does God require of us? Well, fear him, walk in his ways, love him, and serve him with all our heart, soul, and mind. In the Old Testament, they had a different law that they were to, to obey. We have the New Testament law. They had the Old Testament law. But it was back then, they had to serve him with all their heart and soul. We got to do the same thing. We see that from Deuteronomy eleven thirteen, And ye shall hearken diligently unto all my... Unto my commandments, which I command you to love the Lord your God, to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul. I asked somebody recently, what does that mean to serve God with all your heart and soul? And they says, give him everything you got. And that's exactly it. hundred percent. No holds barred. You put God first before everything. How about Deuteronomy 13, verse 4? You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. And you shall serve him and cleave unto him. It's saying the same thing. Walk after the Lord, fear him, keep his commandments, serve him. Joshua 22, verse 5, but take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law, to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, to cleave unto him, to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul. We've got to be diligent to heed to his commandments and his law and to serve him with all our heart, with all our soul. We've got to put him first. I'm a fan of the Alabama Crimson Tide in football. Fan is short for the word fanatic. We really need to be a fanatic about Jesus Christ. Put him first. He's going to come before everything. He's going to come before football, work, money, friends, relatives, anything. He's going to come first. We're going to serve him with all our heart and soul, with everything that we've got. Leslie from Arizona, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. So my situation hey, is I'm in a high, and thank you for taking my call. Um, so I'm, I'm in a 35 year, um, marriage with my husband and, um, and, you know, we're, we're consistently, um, battling adultery or infidelity within our marriage. Um, I lost count after 25, um, affairs that my husband has had. And when is it, when is it safe to say our, where do I draw the line? I, Wait a let me say, did you me. say your husband has had 25 affairs? 25? Yeah. Is that what you said, Leslie? Leslie, you still there? Leslie, here's what Jesus says about this. I don't know if you can still hear me, but Jesus said in Matthew 19, 9, whosoever shall put away his wife, and that's the old King James way of saying divorce. Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her which is put away, doth commit adultery. So Jesus is saying, if you divorce your spouse for any reason other than them cheating on you, then that's an unscriptural divorce. And if you remarry, it's adultery. And of course, to repent of adultery, you're going to have to quit that. You can't just stay in that second marriage. You're going to have to terminate that second marriage and seek reconciliation with the first. But Leslie, if I understood what you said, it was a little blurry, but I think you said your husband has cheated on you with 25 different women. I, I think by now, I, if I were you, I would have divorced him for that cause. Divorcing for that reason, for fornication, Jesus gives you that right. He's committed, he's cheated on with 25 different women against you. It's almost certain that he's never going to change his ways. And even if he does, that's a good thing. Maybe he can get repentance from God and become a Christian. 
divorce him from fornication. That's what I would do. I'd take advantage of what Jesus said is right and lawful in Matthew 19, 9. That, that, that's, it seems like a pretty clear-cut answer to me after 25 times. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755. We're talking about serving Jesus. And in the Old Testament, we were talking about serving God back then, what it meant back then. Well, serving the Lord means serving God in sincerity and truth. I get that from Joshua 24, 14. That verse reads this way. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and serve ye the Lord. What does that mean to serve God in sincerity and truth? Well, Jesus said in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. So serving God in truth means serving him according to his word. Here's what the word says to do to be saved, how to worship him, how to live our everyday life, what it says about divorce and remarriage, what it says about gay marriage, what it says about baptism, whether or not sprinkling babies is a scriptural baptism. Here's what the Bible says. Serve him in truth according to God's word. Don't do it differently than God's word, the truth. Serving him in sincerity means doing it genuinely with for the right reason. Let's say when I was 20 years old, I was doing everything right, going to church and doing everything right according to God's word, but I was doing it to try to impress some young lady, pretty young lady, see? Now, maybe serving, maybe uh, doing things right according to God's word, but it's not genuine. I'm not doing it sincerely. I'm doing it for the wrong reason. The next verse in Joshua 24, verse 15, tells us that serving God is a choice. It says, and if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, the Calvinists say that you don't have any choice about serving the Lord, that God from the foundation of the world said, Pat is going to be saved and John Doe is going to be lost and they don't have a choice about it. But but the Joshua said by inspiration that we have a choice about who we're going to serve, either God or false gods, We know covetousness is idolatry. We can either serve God or money. We have a choice. It's totally up to us. Mike from Indiana, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yeah, I'm trying to understand the Bible, but I drive a truck over the road, so I leave on Sundays, and it always says get in a good Bible-based church. But with my schedule, I can't go to church on Sundays, and I'm trying to understand the Bible, but, you know, I listen to family talk and, Listen to all the pastors, and but, you know, it says that, you know, a lot of these pastors are saying, well, if you don't go to church, you know, you're you're not a Christian. Well, I'm not understanding. I thought, isn't just being with God and reading the Bible, aren't you the church, really? Or do you have to be in a church, you know, like Lutheran or Baptist? Do you have to be in one of them? You know what I'm saying? Mike, you, yeah, you have to be not in any of those churches. You need to be a part of the of a church that you can read about in the Bible. How about this? If you're not understanding the Bible as well as you ought to, and, and I don't understand everything as well as I, I should probably, but I think here's a way we can both improve. I offer a free one-hour phone Bible study at your convenience. Would you like to maybe take me up on that and just sometime when it's convenient for you, we can do a, a phone Bible study for one hour free of charge just whenever it's convenient for you, Mike? Yes, sir. 
Okay, how about if I call you back after the program and we'll try to figure out the best time for you to have that phone Bible study, okay? Okay. Okay? Yeah, because I, I want to know more, you know. I try to be yeah. a good person. So let's let's do it. Let's have a Bible study over the phone uh, sometime this week, and we'll talk about it further, okay? And thank you for your call. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Watch for a call from the 256 area code. I should try to, I'll try to call you a little bit later tonight, and we'll try to set up a time, okay? All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, God Mike. Bless. Thanks for your call. All right. Same to you. You know, we're talking about John 12, 26, and how it shows that you have to serve Jesus to be saved. I mean, it says, if any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. So we can only go to heaven if we serve Jesus. We have a lot of preachers out there that teach this idea of once saved, always saved. But John 12, 26, you can add that to the list of dozens of passages that prove once saved, always saved is false. Because John 12, 26 teaches you've got to serve Jesus to be saved. Suppose a person decides they want to serve Jesus. They become a Christian. But five years later, they change their mind and they quit serving Jesus. Are they going to be saved or lost, according to John 12, 26? Well, they're not going to be in heaven with Jesus if they're not serving him, according to John 12, 26. So they were saved at one point, and then they were lost because they were serving Jesus. They were saved, and then they quit serving Jesus. They're not saved anymore. So John 12, 26 also proves once saved, always saved is false, just like dozens and dozens of other passages. Susan from Texas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. I have a question. So it's about divorce. Um, I know that biblically that you can be divorced if there's adultery. However, in this day and age, a court will grant a divorce. And if you're even if one party does not want the divorce, it doesn't matter. If the state says you're divorced, you're divorced. So if if, if your spouse leaves you or you leave your spouse, are, is the innocent spouse doomed to singlehood for the remainder of their days in order to not commit adultery? Because I have friends that are in the Baptist church that says that if you marry, you're going to commit adultery because you were married before. Yeah, we read Matthew 19, 9. Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another. This is Jesus speaking committeth adultery, and whoso marrieth her which is put away doth commit adultery. So if you divorce your spouse for any reason other than sexual unfaithfulness, or if they divorce you, then you can't remarry because that would be adultery. Romans 7, 2, and 3 says you're bound or obligated to your spouse as long as you live. Just because the state of Alabama or whatever state you're in, Texas, grants you a divorce, that doesn't mean that God approves of that, right? So even if, even if you don't want the divorce, and you've been praying for God to save your marriage, and that doesn't happen, you now have to remain single forever because you it have says, a spouse who doesn't want to be married anymore. Right. Matthew nineteen nine, the second part said, whoever marries her which is put away doth commit adultery. So if your husband puts you away unscripturally against your wishes, this is saying that you can't remarry without committing adultery. And that's because you're still bound and obligated to him, and he's bound and obligated to you. So Till death he, do his part. If he if he divorces you and then gets married again, does that not count as adultery and free you from your, your, well, your commitment to him? It is adultery, but if you don't divorce him for adultery, you can't remarry. This says you have to divorce your spouse for adultery. If he divorces you, then you can't remarry. That's what. Go back okay. and look at Matthew nineteen nine for yourself, Susan. 
I think it's understandable, and I don't want to. Uh, I'm not trying to force my conclusions on you. I don't try to twist anybody's arm. Just go back and read Matthew nineteen nine for yourself. Okay. Okay. Right, thank you thank for your you. call, Susan. You know, Second John nine says, "Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son." Well, that's really saying the same thing as John twelve twenty six. If any man serve me. Where I am, there shall also my servant be. To serve Jesus, you have to follow him, which means follow his teachings. That's the only way you're going to end up in heaven. Isn't that what Second John verse 9 is saying? You have to abide in the teaching of Christ to have God. That's the only way you're going to end up in heaven is to abide in the teaching of Christ, to serve Jesus by following him. They're saying the same thing. A lot of people out there saying, no, you can just be a believer in Christ and you don't really have to serve him. You don't have to abide in his teaching. The Bible teaches that you have to. If you would like that free one-hour phone Bible study, call or text me after the program at 256-682-9753. Free one-hour phone Bible study, 256-682-9753.